Welcome to the Empowered Homes Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to grow strong families by connecting church and home. We've got a great episode for you today. Uh, We have a special guest, Drew Pittman. Drew Pittman is a professional sports agent. That's right, a professional sports agent. You're probably wondering why in the world is he on the Empowered Homes Podcast? Well, he wrote a book. It's forwarded by Tony Dungy. It's called First Team Dad. Your Playbook for a Winning Family. And uh, this book is fantastic. It's short chapters just for dads because uh, he knows we can't read long chapters. So the short chapters, easy to read, easy to follow along with, and it's just a powerful book. Uh, it, it all came from an idea. He said, you know what? I don't want to just be a good dad. I want to be a great dad. So what does that look like? And he started asking folks and he started writing things down. And then uh, God's will it came out to be a book, and it, it is really good. It's got a lot of great stories. He has lived an incredible life. Um, uh, Tom Landry was, was at his wedding. It's just an awesome interview with Drew. If you want more information about uh, Drew Pittman, you can find it on the description of this podcast, or you can find tons of great resources at empoweredhomes.org. Drew, thank you for being with us today. Hey, Bobby, it's my pleasure, and I really appreciate it and really appreciate what you guys are doing, not only with the podcast, but at Kingsland Church and uh, just all the things you're doing to help families. And we, it's what we're about. We love it. And, uh, man, your book is, we'll get into it here in a minute. Your book is fantastic. If there's a guy listening right now, just get on Amazon search first team dad and just put that in your cart and uh you'll be blessed by it. it's just fantastic we'll get in that in a little bit but drew man tell me uh for the listeners tell me who are you if no one's ever heard your name who, who are you <laughs> um i am uh first and foremost uh, a son of the king mm-hmm. and um that's the most important thing in my life uh, i'm a husband to uh uh, uh lane Taft pittman um, most awesome woman in the world. I don't don't know how I was so fortunate enough to trick her into marrying me, but um, I did. And then I'm I'm a dad to uh, Jake and Eli, uh, two boys, both uh, at Baylor um, right now, and uh, uh, getting an education and um, figuring out what they want to do with their lives. And, and uh, so, uh, and then I'm a, I'm a sports agent. I've been a sports agent for. 28 years, um, and, uh, have, uh, really, really enjoyed it. It's a, it's a amazingly difficult business, but it's right where, uh, I know God wanted me and, and, you know, he gifted me, um, to be able to, to do it and do it well and, and serve, uh, players and young men and families, uh, um, as they, uh, start their families and, um, you know, they're, they're moms and dads. And so it's, uh, it's been cool. I, uh, about five years ago, I started another company. It's a sports science company, um, called brain ball. We've got a product that uh, mitigates concussion. Mm. It's really the only one, um, that is going to be on the market, uh, hopefully here in the next couple of months. And, uh, really excited about that. I've had a lot of clients that, um, have suffered a lot of, uh, issues um, from concussion and, you being a former offensive lineman, you know what it's like. Oh yeah, um, yeah. getting getting your head bashed every single play, and uh, yeah. everybody thinks about the the receivers and the running backs, but um, really every everybody, and not just football, but uh, soccer and um, you know.
know, so we're, we're excited about being able to, to protect, um, young people and then on up to professionals. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Well, so thankful for your time today as we kind of jump into your book, but 28 years working in the, you know, with athletes, tell me about some athletes that you've worked with over those years. Well, um, gosh, uh, I've, we, I've, I've had over a hundred clients and, um, as a company, I've, I've always been self-employed. I started my own company and, um, then partnered up with another, uh, gentleman, Craig Doman, awesome, awesome guy. We were partners for 22 years. And then we brought some other guys in and, and rebranded as capital sports advisors. And, um, so, uh, we've, um, gosh, as, as a group out of all those guys, uh, we've probably literally represented over a thousand players and had probably, um, three to 400 drafted. And, um, but, uh, some of the notable guys that, that we represent now, um, Baker Mayfield, um, uh, Michael Gallup, uh, with the Cowboys, uh, Damian Ratley, uh, down there in Houston with the the Texans and former A&M player. And, um, I, you know, I, people ask me, who are your, who are your, uh, who are your best clients or who are your favorite clients? And I'm like, man, I love every single one of them. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and, and have, um, you know, throughout the years I've had guys that, that were, uh, pro bowlers and getting huge contracts. And I've had guys that maybe played two or three years and then, then were cycled out. Hmm. And, um, but I love them all. Yeah. And, and, um, it's, you know, everybody that, for me, the most awesome thing about the business is not going to the game and being on the field before the game and it's not going into owners' boxes and GM's suites at, at games, you know, and all that stuff is cool. But the, the most awesome thing about it is just the relationships that you develop. Hmm. And um, I'm a people person. That's the way God made me. And um, and so I love people and uh, I I try you know i try and stay in touch with all of my clients after they've played and stay in their lives and it's it's uh so um, it's it's really it's really a great great profession yeah what a, what an example too that um you know this you you mentioned loving all of them and as a disciple of jesus like you can't love them without you know this being your ministry too like you right where you're at in the lives of all these people, you're caring not just for big contracts and all that stuff, but you're, you're caring for families and taking care of families and, and you're taking the, you know, this, what we would call secular job. Um, it's not in the church building per se, but I mean, you're doing the ministry of, of helping these families and loving on them well. And just a testimony of you, but also just a reminder to every man listening right now of like, you're put in your position uh, for a purpose. Like the people around you are there for a purpose. And so uh, just appreciate your heart behind that of knowing. And, and I mean, being in suites and stuff is pretty cool too. <laughs> have, yeah. <laughs> have, have, having all that's pretty cool too. But just your heart of want, seeing the people and putting people first, uh, is that's a big deal. And it's, there's that's probably the secret why you're so successful in it and been doing it for so long. And it's huge huge man well I, I i say all the time that um if i knew then what i know now i probably would have never tried and so um 
God probably protected me because I, I do feel this is what he wanted me to do with my life. Um, but you made a good point, and I want to reiterate it in that, uh, it, you know, a lot of times people, they go, oh, wow, man, you're a sports agent. That's so cool. And, you know, it's like, um, tell me all about, you know, what you do and, you know, being around all those guys. But the, but the, the truth is we all, you know, my banker is – is that to me, he, you know, he, he, he sews into my life, you know, my accountant, who's also a a good friend and, you know, my attorney and, you know, whatever we do. And I tell my boys this, and I've told them this ever since they were old enough to, to listen, um, is that God has a plan and a purpose for all of our lives. And he has given us everything we need to be able to be successful at his purpose. Hmm. And so often, I think guys, especially because we all want to do something cool, you know, and I don't just mean cool, like it's fun, but, but like epic, we all, you know, we all feel like we got to do something epic or else we're failures. You know, our everyday life is epic and, and we have to look at it like that. And, and, you know, one of the things that God showed me a long time ago when I was, when I was probably praying for, you know bigger name clients and better players and guys that would make more money so I could make more money. And, and he really showed me that I have to be thankful for what he's given me mm. before he can give me more. Wow. That's and huge. so I just feel like that goes for all of us and everything Everybody. that we do. Yeah. That's yeah. across the board. Anybody listening right now, that's, you know, understanding, yes, we want this great adventure in our life, but what an incredible adventure to be a part of what God wants to do. And there's no greater adventure than that to to say, okay, I'm living my life for His kingdom and His glory. Just the adventure of that is surpasses anything and everything. And so being faithful to that, He's going to continue to, to bless you and give, give you, um, you know, and I say blessing, you're not you're not going to just pray for a million dollars and it just pops up because you're being faithful. That's not how God works. But the blessing of, of being in his will and being in uh, his care of, of allowing him to father you is just amazing. And so uh, I, I just thought that was a cool point that you made, man. It just spoke to me of, of making sure no matter what you do, um, you, we're part of God's kingdom purpose for our life, and uh, no doubt, it's uh, that's huge. Well, let's jump into the book. Um, so, the book was forwarded by Tony Dungy, um, but we you shared with me a little bit before we got on. Um, where, how did this book come come about? Well, I'll try and shorten the story, um, but uh, I didn't set out to write a book. Um, I like most men, I. I you know, when I got married, I wanted to, to be a, a great husband, not just good. I wanted to be great. When I had kids, I wanted to be a great dad. And, and again, not just good, but like great. And, um, but like most of us, I, I didn't know how to do it. And so, um, in my quiet times in the morning, I would, I would pray and say, God, show me how to be great. And, um, I just started making a list of things and, um, Kind of what what made me really take the step to actually do something is I was um, I, I I have an office at home and I it's upstairs and I was going down the stairs and I got to the landing and I looked in the kitchen and um, my two boys were I think at the time uh, ten and and twelve and um, 
my wife was, you know, in the kitchen making dinner and they were sitting up at the counter, you know, where they would always eat. And, and, you know, she was, they were just laughing. And I, I literally sat down on the stairs and, and started weeping, just thinking, you know, wow, God, you have given me these amazing people and you've given me the responsibility to shepherd their hearts and to help them, to help nurture and grow them into uh, the, the woman and um, the, the two men that, that you've called them to be. And I said, I don't know how. Mm. And so I, I started writing things down and he would give me ideas. And most of it would were principles that we learn in sports. And I'm a, you know, I'm a sports guy. I played soccer at SMU. Um, you know, in the, in the sports business. And so um, I just started taking these principles and I started, I got, I got to about 40 different principles and I thought, well, I better start trying some of this or else Mm. it's just going to be ideas on a page. And so I started implementing some of the ideas and got some really great feedback from my family. And, and so I was like, okay, you know, these 40 things look almost like a table of contents. And so I said, God, if you want me to write a book, then you're going to have to, number one, show me how. And number two, you're going to have to make it happen. Because I have no idea mm. how to make it happen. And so he just kept opening doors. And um, as each door opened, I just tried to faithfully walk through it. And like I told you before we started, um, I ended up getting connected uh, through Ken Coleman, um, who's now with Dave Ramsey, but at the time was with Catalyst Leaders, and uh, got got in touch with a guy named Jonathan Merritt, whose dad was um, a pastor at one of the major churches in, in uh, Atlanta. And, and Jonathan, um, I sent him, sent him my, what I had, what I'd written and kind of my ideas. And, and, and he called me back 10 days later and I thought he was going to say, you know, don't quit your day job. But <laughs> he said, I think there's a book here. Nice. And so long story short, he ended up helping me get an agent. Um, the agent got me uh, a book deal. And, um, then, then they said, okay, uh, we need 50,000 words and we need it in however, what the time frame was. It was very, it seemed very quick to me. <laughs> and so, uh, I just, I just, I just wrote down, you know, from my heart and, and, uh, really my whole, you know, I thought, you know, maybe nobody ever buys this book and that's okay. Um, you know, if, if all it does is help me with my family, then I'm okay with that. Mm. Um, but if I can help, you know, one or two or three or however many guys, um, then, you know, that would be cool. And, uh, like we talked about, I, I, I wrote it for guys like me, you know, and if you're, if you're a guy listening, um, you know, and you're like, Oh, I don't have time to read books. I get that. So this book is, um, 30, I think one chapters and, and they're all three to five pages. Yeah. They're short. And I tell us, yeah, I tell a story about something that happened to me, um, in my business or with a client or, um, and then it, it, uh, ties to a principle and then, um, and so I, I make that connection. And then, uh, at the end there's, um, what I call the game plan, which is three or four bullet points on how to actually implement the, the principle because I've, I've read, you know, tons of books and I put them down and I go, wow, that's really great stuff. I just had no idea how to make that happen in my life. Mm. And so I, I wanted it to be easy to implement. Um, you know, the other thing is you could read 10 chapters and skip around and, 
you don't have to go, you know, chapter by chapter. You can look in the table of contents and if, you know, create a culture sounds cool, then read that one, yeah. you know, and then, you know, there's, you're talking about being an offensive lineman and how important it is to communicate, um, you know, and know what everybody else is supposed to be doing. And so there's a, there's a chapter on communication and the, and the importance of communicating. And the story I tell is about offensive linemen yeah. and kind of how y'all develop a, even a, an unspoken language, um, yeah. just in order to, to, to communicate. So, yeah, that's so um, true. Anyway, yeah. that, that's how, that's how it came about. It, it certainly was not me. It was totally God. And yeah. so, um, anyway, and I've gotten some great, I've gotten some, I've gotten some feedback that, you know, has made me just step back and, and really just be in awe of, of God's amazing ability to work through people. Um, because I'm just like, I tell, I tell guys all the time, I'm just a dude, yeah. you know, I'm just a guy. I'm like everybody else, you know, probably watch too much sports. I probably, you know, um, you know, spend too much time working and all those other things, you know, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm just a regular guy. And so when, when I get, when I get messages, um, where people say you saved my marriage wow. or I was going down the path of being the exact same kind of dad as my dad was. And it wasn't, it wasn't positive, wow. but it's all I knew. And so that kind of stuff, um, that's kind of stuff really, like I say, it just makes me step back and go, wow, God, you are amazing. Yeah. I mean, the book I've read through, um, you know, I hadn't read page for page, but I, like you said, I've read through a, a big chunk. And, and what I love is, you know, just for the guy listening, it is short. The pages are, are short. The chapters are short. Um, but it's engaging. Like the, you, you, if you like sports, this is an incredible. You use sports analogy. I mean, you you bring in like different things that you've experienced, and it's just it's an easy read. And and I love the idea of you know maybe you just this could be your quiet time. You know you read a few chapters, most devotionals and stuff are longer than your chapters. And so this is 30 plus days right here. And, uh, it's a, it's a great read. I want to jump into some of the chapters and kind of read the content for, for the listeners, kind of give them a little sneak peek. You do have a chapter, chapter two on, uh, create a culture. And you tell a story about Nick Saban, which is relevant. I mean, he just, was it six now? He just won his sixth, seventh, seventh, seventh sorry. Yeah. Uh, seventh, six with Alabama, right? And then, right. Yeah. So, Saban, I mean, he's just a presence. You know, you, you look at sports figures and you're like, okay, Saban, he walks in a room. And you were telling this story where um, you got to hear him speak to, you know, a bunch of coaches. And uh, he said this phrase, and I'll just read it from the book. It says, um, he started off with the eight simple words the way we do it at our place. And that phrase uh, kind of summed up in your words. You said, by knowing what you're building towards, Saban pointed out, you can achieve great progress. Great parents must do likewise. You must create a culture that embodies and prioritizes what matters most. And, uh, man, what a powerful – taking Saban – uh, a guy who has built a culture for sure in Alabama. We all can see and know that there's something special is happening through his leadership. But the dad listening and the rest of the chapter speak to that of how do we create a culture? How do we, what does this actually look like? And we all say we want a good culture in our home that uh, we can look at and say, hey, this is what it means to, you know, be a coolie for me or, or whatever. So, 
what would you, for the listener, how would you encourage on creating a culture? Well, I think first and foremost is um, culture is huge. And being a sports guy, and if you're listening and you're a sports guy, and you, you, you hear people talk about it a lot. And um, what everybody needs to know is you are, you are creating a culture. The question is, is it an intentional culture that you want, or is it something that's just happening that is, doesn't look anywhere near what you'd like for it to be? Yeah. Uh, so every, every home has a culture. Um, and so my, my feeling is let's make it intentional. And, and let's make it what we want it to be. And so kind of the, the first thing you have to do is figure out, um, you know, what you, what you want it to be. And, and so um, and then you have to get your family to, to buy in. OK, so how we get our, our family to buy in and what I did um, was I, I we, we live out kind of in the country and we live on five acres. And so uh, we got a lot of wide open space and we would take family walks and and so we uh, i got my family i told my wife and i talked about it in advance and and i we we went on a walk and just as we're walking i asked the question i said hey guys if we moved away from Toledo, texas you know all of our friends that we hang out with and you know have barbecues with and all that um if we moved away like a year from now somebody said hey y'all remember the Pittman? what would they say about it Mm, that's so good. Yeah. And, and they, but you know, they were, you know, these guys were young. My boys were young and, and my wife and I knew kind of what we wanted it to be. And I felt like no more than four things. And, and, um, you know, of course my, my youngest said, Oh, they'd say I was the best athlete. My oldest say, Oh yeah, but they'd say I was the smartest. And go, but well, what do we want them to, what would we want them to say? And, uh, I said, would we want them to, would we want them to say, Hey, they were really, they really showed Christ's love. And that, oh, yeah, that'd be great. So it was their idea. And so we went through and we picked, we had picked four things. And I asked the question, you know, would we, you know, one of them was, you know, we want them to, we would want people to think of us as people who served our community. And so I go, mm-hmm. what would they, you know, you know, I coach, uh, you know, I coach all the teams and, you know, mom's always arranging all the stuff and, uh, at, at your, you know, in your classes and, um, being involved in the mom group and, you know, would they think that we, that we were like really good to them and served them and like, Oh yeah, for sure. And so that, and so mm. that's how we did it. Yeah. And so the, the, the really cool thing about it is I, so I wrote it all down and I gave them a copy and, and we, we put it up on the, you know, on the refrigerator, you know, this is, this is the way we do it at our place. Wow. And, and, and so like if somebody, like if one of them, was, um, you know, we'd say, hey, you know, we're going to go uh, into town and we're going to, you know, we're going to do this, you know, project or whatever it is. They're, oh, I don't want to do it. And we're like, hey, go look in the refrigerator. What do we do? Hmm. Oh, yeah, we serve people. So that's it. Is, and, and it was like, they, it was their, it was their idea. Yeah. And so they couldn't, they couldn't really argue with it. And so, you know, I think, you know, that's just one that's just one way, you know, I don't have all the answers. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I just have, I'm just putting out some things. And, but the, the, the really key thing is, you know, you are creating a culture in yeah. your home and, and it's just, is it what you want it to be? And, uh, you know, Saban calls his culture, the process. Mm. And, you know, even, I mean, now who's going to argue with it? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
like you said, he just won his seventh national national championship. And yeah. um, so anyway, yeah, that's, uh, man, that you know, thinking and as you're talking of you know the the guy that's listening, going, man, I I don't I don't know what my culture is. You just gave us an easy blueprint. You know, get your family involved to say, what are we going to be about? And then the thing I love about, you know, sports is <laughs> sometimes coaches are cheesy, but uh, everything's repeated. You know, it's it's seen. We had signs everywhere. We had this in high school. Uh, my head coach was Tim Beck, which he was with Texas for a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, he SAP was written on everything. And if you knew, you knew what it meant. And it was so cheesy. Swarm and punish, SAP. It was on our shirts. It was on our helmets. It was on every locker. It was everywhere. And so we have, as guys, for me, I mean, creating that culture, you have to put it in front of your family constantly. I love that you sent your boys to the fridge to say, hey, go look. Look at that. Is that what we're about? You know, and so the blueprints of creating a culture is, one, it's got to be measurable, something that we can see. And then two, how do we repeat it? Because what gets repeated gets celebrated, or what what we celebrate gets repeated. And so, how do we right. how do we do these things in such a way that it just really does create that culture? And I love the the fridge, man. That I, I'm gonna put ours on the fridge. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna start sending my kids, hey, this is what it means to be a coolie. You know, next time they're fighting or pulling each other's hair, I can just yeah, you, yeah. You just send them to the fridge, man. That's that's huge and. Uh, the uh, shifting gears, uh, you know, I, I love just all your, I mean, you, you've got a cool life that you've lived, uh, in chapter 30, creating a, a champion level legacy. You talk about, uh, a really incredible coach. Um, you know, one would say one of the greatest coaches of all time uh, up there with Saban. Uh, and I want to let you tell the story of, of um, was was he at your wedding? He was. Um, so my father-in-law uh, is Grant Taft, who yeah. um, in the College Football Hall of Fame, coached at, at Baylor University, and uh, then ran the um, American Football Coaches Association uh, for, I think, 22 years. And um, really one of the most amazing men uh, ever. I was so blessed. I, my father was, was, was awesome, and uh, my father was one of my best friends. And um, taught me many great things, and then to have a, a guy like Coach Taft as my father-in-law. And my 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 dad passed away seven years ago, and and he's been my dad. Uh, Coach Taft has, um, and just just awesome. But he and Coach Landry were, were yeah. really good friends. So, and so the, it was it was pretty cool to have him yeah. at my wedding, and and of course in our wedding album is a is a picture of Lane and myself with Tom and Alicia. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, so I grew up in Dallas. Um, my dad started taking me to Cowboy games in 1967 or eight um, at the Cotton Bowl. We had season tickets, and when they went to Texas Stadium, he actually bought a suite. Um, he, my dad was a banker and did very well, and he bought a suite. And so I, you know, I just was a Cowboy fan, and um, so uh, I, I always loved Coach Landry, and and not just the fact that he was a great coach but also that he was a great man mm. that he could be that he could be respected and looked up to and then of course later as um as I was able to to meet him and um have a even a little bit 
more of a peek behind the door, you find out that uh, just like Coach Taft, um, one of the cool things is uh, he really was who he portrayed himself to be. Hmm. Um, and that's, you know, one of my, one of the chapters is on identity, which kind of is about that. But um, so, you know, Coach Landry, um, the story in the, in the chapter is how, um, you know, Coach Landry, after he retired and then um, he got cancer and passed away and, uh, you know, Alicia, uh, his wife, um, the cowboy, one of the, one of the really cool things Jerry Jones did was he, he had a statue built, um, made of, of Tom Landry and was going to go out in front of Texas stadium at the time. And so when they were dedicating the statue, he had Alicia, um, there to, to speak about coach Landry. And so they, they put this huge statue on this big platform and, and pull it out to the middle, you know, right in the middle of the, the big blue star at, at Texas stadium. And, um, Brad Sham, the longtime voice of the Cowboys mm-hmm. was, was there with Alicia. And he said, uh, I get choked up every time I tell the story yeah. because it just means so much. But he, he, he said, he asked Alicia, they're staring up at this huge statue. <laughs> he says, Alicia, what do you think about this? And and she looks up and she goes, I remember him being bigger. Mm. And I just thought, wow, yeah. that is so cool. Yeah. You know, here he is, you know, in this statue. And, but that's the legacy that he left. And, and so as I thought back about that, you know, about what kind of legacy do I want to leave? You know, I thought back about, about that, you know, that, that story and mm. how I felt when that happened. And, so um, I think, you know, that's what we should all aspire to yeah. is, is, is for our family to see us as bigger than life, not because of the amount of money that we made or the number of companies that we started or ran or whatever, yeah. but because of who we were to them. Exactly. And I, yeah, I loved this chapter and, and it's so cool hearing you tell it, but I remember him being bigger. I mean, just for, for us to evaluate, just for me talking out loud right now, like if, if you know, when my time is up, what am I going to be remembered for? It's as simple as that of reflecting on, on those things and then taking that next step as you talk about in the book of like, okay, what do you want to be remembered for? So you can't just think about it. Now do stuff in your life to change that. Get off your phone. Spend more time with your kids when you're there. You know, set up some some practical things in your life. If if you want to be known as whatever, um, you know, a guy who man, I loved my wife fiercely. How are you doing that every day? You know, I was not good. I was a great dad. Okay, what are you doing in your life to to leave that legacy? I think it's just so encouraging for everybody. And if you're listening, just you. This is one chapter, man. You 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 need to evaluate and read um, because it's so it's so important and it's 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 every guy wants to be a part of something greater than themselves I, I believe like every guy wants wants to have that every guy wants to be known for something man I I want to be known as a great husband as a great father uh, and and you set the the framework in this so well and I'm, I just appreciate that that whole story um, as we wrap up it's it's fitting uh, one of my favorite 
parts of your book is is really in the appendix. Uh, you know, as you were talking about with the offensive line, I played O line, and you you do have this different language that you speak as a group because you know everything. I know what every person on the O line. I know their job on every play. You know, if we're running a sweep or if we're running. Uh, whatever play is, you know, pass, play action, whatever. I know everybody, and we have this language, and just to make myself feel like an idiot, we would actually have grunts. I knew a different grunt that my tackle, because I play guard, if we're supposed to double team, he would grunt in a high pitch or low pitch, depending on which way we're supposed to go, left or right. Like, it was just these. It was just crazy. But understanding what everybody's role is, what everybody should know, I think is a part of just great communication and great team success. And in the back of the book, long story short, you had put uh, some great things in here. It says what every team member should know. And then you go through and you list, okay, every dad should know these 10 things. Every child should know these 10 things. Every wife should know these 10, 10 things. And it's just so practical. I, like, I want to steal this and send this to every man I know because if we can understand these things, we can communicate with our kids. They understand these things, and our, and our wives understand these things. That culture starts to form. But on, on this, um, as we close, I just you, you hit on one of the things that every dad should know is that you can start now. You may feel like it's too late, or that you've messed up for too long. It's just not true. And I think that's a lie that a lot of men hear in themselves is, man, I just blew it. I just, it's too late for me. Um, and, and just as we close, um, Drew, just speak to that dad that's listening. He feels, you know, maybe he feels guilt or shame or feels like he's blown it. What would you, if you were sitting across having coffee with another dad who's, who's feeling that way, what would you say to him? I'd probably ask him if he was breathing, and of course <laughs> his answer would be yes. Yeah. And I'd say, well, how you know it's too late is when you're not breathing anymore. Yeah. And and you know, I, I one of my good friends we have uh, in this little community we live in, we had a a, a small group, um, several couples, and one of the guys said, well, you know, my kids are grown, so it's too late. Hmm. And I said, are you still their dad? And he said. Yeah. And I go, it's not too late, you know, and, and maybe the first thing is, and, and I, I allude to it in that, in that bullet point, um, in, in the book is that you just, maybe the first thing you have to do is apologize for what you didn't do. Wow. And, and, you know, I, I, uh, I had a situation with, with my kids one time, they, they were fighting and I, you know, sent them to their rooms and, you know, told them they couldn't, uh, you know, watch videos or something and they were crying and, and I let them calm down and I calmed down and, and I, and I brought them together and we sat down and my wife was there and I said, I said, look guys, when, when you guys were born, you did, you did not come with an owner's manual. Mm. And so I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure this stuff out. And I said, the only guarantee I can make you is that I will make mistakes. Wow. I said, I will probably I will probably be too harsh on you when I shouldn't be sometimes. And then other times I'll probably be so lenient that, and I shouldn't be. So just know that I'm going to make mistakes. But the one thing you need to, you guys always, always, always can, can bank on 
is that every single thing your mother and I do that pertains to you, we do because we love you. Wow. That's so yeah. whenever, yeah. whenever, you know, they do something and I, you know, do what, you know, react how I react. They say, you know, Oh, first team dad. And I'd say, Hey, I, I, I didn't write that book because I was one. I wrote that book because I wanted to be one. Yeah. That's and good. I said, I said, you know, everything I do, I know everything you do because you love us. You know, they can't argue with that. Yeah. No. And they'll remember that forever. And yeah, that, that, that truth just holds on to their heart and you're blessing them, man. That's, man, that's good. So, well, and, yeah. and, you know, I do, I do want to say one thing yeah, to yeah. that guy. Like if you're that guy and I'm, I'm speaking to you, it is never too late. Yeah. Apologize where you need to apologize, change where you need to change. If your kids are out of the house, yes, you'll be amazed at how much healing there can be when you just say, I'm sorry. Wow. And, and, you know, the other thing is, will you forgive me? Hmm. Because, you, you know, there's a difference between repentance and wishing you didn't get caught. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and so it's, that's, that's, that's Man, critical. That, just, just say you're sorry and start, start fresh. That's huge. And, and I always kind of tell dads, if I was talking to them, I would say, you know, at your funeral, your kids get up and they say, you know, dad was kind of harsh on us growing up, but then something changed and he did X, Y, and Z. Like I'd much rather ha- hear that than the continuation of the story of man, dad was just always harsh, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's well, never too late. What will, yeah. What will happen is they'll say, you know, my dad wasn't perfect, but, yeah. and then yeah. it's, it's almost like, it's almost like a lot of the stuff gets erased when you say you're sorry. Yeah. Man, that's huge. Well, thank you for your time today. First Team Dad, your playbook for a winning family. The books, uh, you can get it pretty much anywhere. And, uh, man, thank you, Drew, for giving us some time. And and if you're listening, you want more information about the book, go grab it. We'll also add a ton of information on the description of the podcast. Drew, thank you so much for your time, man. Hey, thank you, Bobby. I really appreciate it. And thanks for all that you guys are doing with Empowered Home. Man, appreciate you. Thank you, man. (laughs) 